Hello, credit union executives. Welcome to See You on the Show, where we give you up-to-date information on how you can reduce risk, keep key talent, and take a strategic approach to your personal financial wellness. Hosted by me, Doug English, a certified financial planner and former credit union insider with ACT Advisors. Here with me today, is the retired president of the South Carolina Credit Union League, Steve Fowler. Welcome, Steve. Hello, Doug. How are things going? Oh, things are wonderful. How are things for you? Things couldn't be better. I thought before I uh, talked to you about uh, my career in credit unions and how I got started, I had just graduated from the University of South Carolina back in 1970. Ooh. I had met the, uh, the love of my life. We've been married. Uh, over 50 years now, and I was looking for employment, and my neighbor up the street stopped by one day and said, have you found a job yet? And I said, no. He said, I'd like to interview you, and he ran the audit division for credit unions of the South Carolina Credit Union League, and we went over, interviewed, and to make a long story short, I was hired. I served in just about every capacity in the league that that was available in the service corp and the corporate. The Peter Principal finally took over when I became president and CEO. And after five years, they realized that uh, 43 years was time to uh, say goodbye. Now, actually, Doug, when we were, when I took over as the president and CEO, our management team had been looking at our market. In other words, the number of credit. Hang on, Steve. I want to I want to stop you. I want to back up a little bit because you just said a whole lot right there. All so, right. Did you get done with college and go straight to the credit union league? And so that was your the only place for your whole professional career. That's the only full time job I ever had. Wow. That's extremely unusual, right? I mean, that, well, that really, when, when you worked for the South Carolina League, once that got on your resume, you could not get gainful employment anywhere. <laughs> That, that that was explained to me by Tommy Bell, another former president of the league. <laughs> well, tell me about the structure of the league. Like I, I know from from knowing you that there was a service corps and there's league. Talk about that structure, please. All right. When when I came to work with the league back in '70, the league consisted of the league, i.e., Trade Association for Credit Unions, nonprofit. We had a service corp, which was a for profit. We did statement mailing. We had a uh, print shop for uh, newsletters and whatnot. We had an insurance services division for credit unions, and we had a marketing division for credit unions. We also had the corporate credit union. And back then, it was called the League, South Carolina League Credit Union. It not only served credit unions, but it served groups too small to have their own credit union. This was before credit unions were allowed to take in different groups. At that, at that point, we became a true corporate because we were competing for those groups with our existing credit union. So we spun those groups off to credit in, individual credit unions, and we became a true corporate. But back in 70, we also had a data processing company called QAC, Credit Union Accounting Center. And we managed that. The credit unions actually owned it. Each credit union purchased a share of stock, $1.50 for every member account 
that they had. Every member, not account, members had different accounts. So there were four, four different entities when I came to work. By the time that I left, the service corporation had blossomed. We were doing uh, check clearing for credit unions, uh, not just in South Carolina, but in probably 30, 32 states. We were doing statement we, we mailed statements for our credit unions. And when I say mail, we delivered electronically and whatnot for, uh, for credit unions across the nation. We actually did item clearing, uh, share draft clearing for credit unions in Hawaii. I always wanted to call on those credit unions. They would not let me. But the, the league itself had a uh, league president. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So, Steve, tell me about how the, you had a lot of different entities at the South Carolina Credit Union League. What caused those to come into existence? Was it driven by the need to diversify revenues for the league, or was it uh, driven by the member credit union needs? And then when you have uh, had that all built out, what was the, the way the revenue flowed in? Like how much came from the, uh, the member services versus the uh, service corp? When we offered any, any service to a credit union, um, whether it be through us coming online and offering that service ourselves or whether we endorsed someone who offered a service. And for us to endorse someone was quite a, um, an involved process. We didn't endorse just willy-nilly. We didn't endorse just for the revenue stream. We explained to whoever after we did investigations to make sure they were compatible that if they had a problem with one credit union, they had a problem with 200 credit unions. Ooh. And that kind of kept all of us on the same page. The, the way we were structured, the league credit union, of course, was a credit union, supported itself. The accounting center, the computer processing, was a separate entity. It, it received its revenue in fees for processing. I think in the beginning it was 15 cents an account a month, and that included statement mailing and all that kind of stuff. The service corporation was only chartered to in order the internal revenue let me back up a second the internal revenue would not to make a profit from outside services and maintain its tax exempt status so rather than try to have our accounting department note this was for profit or these are league dues and are sheltered we said no we'll form a profit making entity which was our service corporation Their funding came from our revenue stream from our insurance services division. Now, the account mutual income went to the league because that was that was credit union related. We have we offered insurance on automobiles, mobile homes, and stuff like that before account mutual got into that area through our insurance services division. We did the uh, statement mailing; those that was a revenue product that generated income locally. Our print shop was the same way. The league was funded primarily by dues from credit unions and um, also uh, income stream from Kenna Mutual. And the, the whole operation you had at the top of, of the pyramid, I guess you would say, sort of your league president. But just under that were three vice presidents, your, your corporate, your service corporation, and the accounting center. So that was your your management team, your senior management team. 
Was this a pretty normal structure uh, of a league from what you saw across the country? From what I saw in the beginning, I didn't do a whole lot of travel early on. An auditor, I lasted almost 14 months as an auditor before they called me in and said that I was not cut out to be an auditor, that I didn't understand that auditors came in after the battle and shot the wounded. I wanted to nurse them back to health. And they moved me over to member services rep. And then I started to travel a little bit. I, I got to go to, to Mecca. I went to Madison and got off an airplane in four feet of snow and knew then that the Southern boy wanted to go back home. But what I saw in other leagues was not, well, we were a little different. Bill Brosterman is the guy who really set everything up in South Carolina as far as the way the league was structured. Other credit unions had are morphed into doing similar things. So tell me about the trends that drove the league to kind of reconsider its existence and the way things were operated. Like what what trends did you start to see and how did those trends change over the years? As credit unions were able to take in groups to offer checking accounts, to uh, diversify their, their services, I mortgage departments, uh, CDs, that kind of thing. We saw a uh, a big boost in your larger credit unions. Those that had the resources jumped in full bore and began to really grow. Your smaller credit unions were really, really worried. They could not afford ATMs. They could not afford checking accounts. They couldn't afford debit and credit cards. And they were like, we're doomed. We're just we're just going to be a small savings and loan club, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so some of them began to look around and to try to find a compatible philosophy with a credit union, and and they would merge. We had noticed over the years the, the shrinking number of credit unions, and when I became CEO, they, they actually the the very first month we took the senior management group. Uh, out on a, a weekend retreat, and we sat down and we looked at every credit union individual, and we said, since the credit unions are our market, let's look at their markets. Let, let's see what they need from us. And we we kind of were brutally honest in our assumption, and we saw a continued decline in credit union. We also saw a market from our end that was rapidly changing. Our larger credit unions were outgrowing some levels of expertise that we would need as an organization, as their trade organization. Our strongest need for them was in the governmental affairs area uh, to protect in regulation and legislation and that type of thing. Our smaller credit unions really relied heavily on us for audit. We had an accounting, a bookkeeping service or an accounting center for smaller credit unions. And I, I shouldn't say just for smaller credit unions because uh, some of our larger credit unions used it for bank wrecks and that kind of thing, which their auditors loved, NCUA loved. But as, as we looked at the credit unions markets and our market and how we could best serve, it didn't, didn't take a rocket scientist to realize something needed to happen. So we added strategic discussion was what we called it to every board agenda. And we would sit down and we may spend 30 minutes, we may spend half a day talking. And during that that first weekend retreat, we developed four different 
strategies or outcomes for the board. I status quo, we'll just hang on as long as we can, let nature take its course. We could try to combine services with another league, just sort of let them be the expert in this area. We would develop expertise in this area. We looked at merger. And then we also decided, is there a, a fourth option out there? And we looked with Texas at re- the regional concept at that time. Bear in mind, this was probably around 2008 or nine. forgive me. Uh, in retirement, brain cells die more rapidly than when you're active. As we began to move forward looking at these various options, we would discuss them with the board. What we finally came to was the idea that we would invite leagues philosophically aligned, geographically close, to come in and talk to us about what they had. At this time, Florida and Alabama had already combined into one league, and we invited them to come in, League of Southeastern Credit Unions. We had Georgia come in. We had North Carolina come in. We had Virginia come in and we had Tennessee come in. We were doing businesses in all of those states through our service corp. With North Carolina, we had done a great deal. Our corporate was together at that point. We did joint staff meetings, joint training. Philosophically, we were aligned, but we met with each of of the leagues. And how we did that was we invited the league president and any of their staff they wanted to bring at that time and their board chair to come over. And we would uh, go off campus and and we would spend a complete day meeting and talking. And um, we'd bring them in the night before, take them to dinner and um, then spend the whole next day going going through options and and whatnot. So, Steve, you started interviewing leagues throughout the southeast. And was that because you had decided on a particular outcome for the South Carolina League or through these interviews you were going to figure out? the outcome for the league? I dug it was a combination of the two. We were talking with the leagues to see if there would be the possibility we may partner with another league on various services. We were also considering if we were to merge our league or combine, were we philosophically the same? What type of services would our credit unions gain that we didn't? Would they lose any of those services? what your dues structure like, all of that type of thing. What we were were trying to do when we began that process, as I said, we had seen the trend and it was not good. We Mm -hmm. wanted to be proactive. We wanted to, I guess, in effect, kind of come to this problem where we were dealing with a position of strength and not weakness. We didn't want to wait till the, the well was almost dry and kind of have to come with our hat in our hand and be forced to make a decision. And so that, that's how we, we came about this method of, of sitting down with the credit unions, please, and talking. And has this, uh, this trend, obviously the point we're going to get to is what you, the decision you finally made, but it, have you seen this uh, trend continue for other leagues throughout the country? Obviously, we've seen it very much for credit unions. I assume the trend is also there in leagues? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I have not remained real active on the uh, out-of-state scene. I still work with some credit unions in training and planning sessions and whatnot in the state. But I do sort of keep up with where things are going. 
I think that as as you just mentioned, credit unions are combining to be able to reach economies of scale to offer their members what they need. You're seeing the same with leagues. Leagues are are really different creatures. The only thing you have in a league that that you can can say you offer is service and mm-hmm. and your people. The experts are the ones that bring that to the table. So you're top heavy in a league as far as the cost to deliver that expertise. However, credit unions with limited resources, especially in low in, in interest times, want their dues to be as low as possible. Um, they want to be what uh, Tommy Dell used to say, the highest paying yeah, dividend or, or interest rates and the lowest lo- price loans. And that would be absolutely wonderful. I would love to have a wife that loved to cook and didn't spend money. I don't have either. But as we were, were looking and finally settled on the fact that North Carolina, it was pretty much identical to South Carolina. They faced the exact same problems we did. We met with their board. We had joint board meetings and staff meetings together to discuss this. And what we ultimately decided to do was if the credit unions approved it, we would liquidate the two leagues on the drop dead date and form a brand new league called the Carolinas Credit Union League. Governance was to be split fairly equally between the two states in the beginning. And then the uh, members would, would elect board members the, the way that, that uh, we came up with in the bylaws, which again, required representation at a certain level from both. We flip-flopped the annual meetings, one year in Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, one year at Pinehurst in North Carolina. We, uh, on the quote-unquote drop-dead date, I had already announced my retirement for that date. And uh, John Radeball, who was president and CEO at that time in North Carolina, became the new CEO of the new league, Carolina's Credit Union League. And what really drove us in doing what we did was not just to ensure that the entities succeeded and, and continued but it was in what services credit unions needed. Mm-hmm. In both states, the final vote in South Carolina, we had 52 credit unions that actually voted in favor of the merger and uh, two that voted no. Mm-hmm. And in North Carolina, they had, I think, either one or two no votes and, and a yes vote. So we spent over a year going around to credit unions and meeting with them, um, regional meetings, chapter meetings, educational sessions at every gathering that the leagues hosted. I would bring John into South Carolina. I would go to North Carolina. We made our staffs interchangeable. We were already using a, um, a legal or compliance service that North Carolina had. We were doing printing and check processing with them. Our audit services were interchangeable and and things went really, really well. When I retired, I will tell you that I at times used to worry about the future of the movement because I would see these, these trends going the wrong way. But I, when I retired, I had a really good feeling. And I can tell you that I've stayed in touch with staff from both leagues. And I, I really still have that good feeling today. Wonderful. Looking back, Steve, then on the uh, on the process, on yes. the 
interviews on uh, the things that you didn't ask or the things that you didn't think of? Is there anything that kind of stands out? I know you said you could you could uh, take up hours with all the mistakes you made, so we won't cover all of them. But just in regards to the process of deciding to merge the league, of deciding, of figuring that out. Is there anything you kind of go back and say, oh, I wish I'd done a little bit more of that. That was a real detail that was important. And again, of course, we're talking to uh, other league uh, leaders that might be in the situation. Sure. I think when, when I look back on it, there are a couple of things that kind of stand out to me. I really, really wish that we had come to a decision a little sooner mm-hmm. and spent more time meeting individually with credit unions. I tried to meet with as many of my CEOs and their board as as we could to answer questions, to make the presentation, to let them know why we were doing what we were doing, what the effect would be. And I think John did the same in North Carolina. I think it's just, it's kind of tough when you're trying to to get around and see 89 or, or so different credit union CEOs it, it was interesting in that the uh, two no votes in South Carolina are uh, one of the credit unions that, that voted no just had told me early on when I met with them, they understood the need for it, but they just weren't ready to let go. Mm-hmm. The other credit union CEO met with me, would not let me meet with his board, and I could kind of tell where he was coming from, <laughs> and he just he didn't want to see it. But I, I think the, like I said, the, the other item, and it kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm talking about, about meeting with credit unions, our smaller credit unions were very concerned that they would be left out. We had a division in the league that, that we called our emerging credit union service, and, and that was to concentrate on those credit unions. And we kind of drilled into their heads that the emerging credit unions weren't all small credit unions. You had we had a, a very small hospital credit union that decided if we're going to exist, we got to have checking accounts. Well, every model we ran showed they weren't going to make it doing checking accounts. Didn't matter. They did checking accounts. They got into ATMs. That credit union today is a flourishing about a three four hundred million dollar asset credit union. I guess healthcare is where you want to be. <laughs> yeah. So kind of the, uh, it sounds like when you look back on that decision, it looks like the right decision. And obviously credit unions are flourishing uh, throughout the country. Your uh, feedback to uh, try to spend more time meeting with the leaders of credit unions from a state as small as South Carolina seems uh, fairly, uh, you know, more much more achievable than uh, the size of a lot of the states. Uh, okay. Maybe they don't have as much density in credit unions. I guess that would depend. but. Uh, Thank you, Steve Fowler. We appreciate you greatly. Uh, Thank you, our listeners. And we'll look forward to talking to you next time on See You on the Show. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate you having me. That's all the insider credit union knowledge we have for this episode. Can't wait for the next episode? We're always available through our website at act-advisors.com. That's act-advisors.com. See you next time and see you on the show. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice 
or recommendations for any individual security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly.